Welcome to Canon Cast. I'm Tanby. I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be talking about Season 9, Episode 21, titled Mi Familia, Part 1. The IMDb user synopsis is Cecilia's dad, George Smith, tells Eric that he and his wife, Gwen, are looking for a foster son, about 10 years old, to fill the now empty feeling home with the hope of adopting. The enthusiastic reverend immediately thinks of orphanage boy Danny Davies, who proves charming and eager. Danny expects, that too, that his sisters will be adopted, too. It's only fair that Eric helps put that straight, which proves even more complicated than it sounds. Carlos tells Matt he's leaving New York for his dad's firm in Puerto Rico because Mother Mary makes no marital effort at all, having cheerfully signed over custody of baby Charlie. The twins are sad that Martin and, in time, all their siblings seem to leave, even Lucy now. Kevin presses her to finally choose a house, then concludes the mother is the one who pushes fledglings out of the nest. Simon's girlfriend Rose wants to dump him unless he gives a good reason why they still don't have sex. Vincent pushes Martin to help him break up with Ruthie in case he meets a girl while on vacation with his grandparents in Hawaii. What was your first impression of this episode? So this is a, another season finale two-parter, this being the first part. Of, and what a cliffhanger. Actually, though. But <laughs> I feel like I've always rated um, first parts of season finales very highly because they set up a lot of really good storylines. They really do keep you at the, at the edge of your seat. And it usually is like a good culmination of the season. So I did really like this. But as we know, usually the second half of the season finale is horrible. Horrible. Um, but I will say that I think this did this did a really good job of being, I felt like it was an actual season finale vibe. You know, like, I feel like Seventh Heaven usually just brings up new storylines near the end of the season, and that's what they conclude. But this really seems like, oh, this has been lasting for all season. Like, the Simon and sex thing has been an all-season thing. The Mary and Carlos, like, filing for divorce thing, another all-season thing. Vincent and Ruthie, another, like, not maybe all-season, but, like, half a season. And Lucy and Kevin and moving out has also been something that's been going on for at least half the season. So I do enjoy that Seventh Heaven is doing something more traditionally, I guess, like, primetime drama kind of what, like, season finales are about in that way. So, I don't know. This was, I enjoyed this episode in that sense. Yeah. Okay. So, let's start about the episode. <laughs> Martin is packing up because, as we mentioned in the last episode, his father is coming home. Um, and that means he's moving out. Ruthie and is him. Is helping him. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm going to miss you. Uh, and there's, you know, some vibes going yeah. on. I feel like it's not very in your face, but I feel like it is very subtle. Um and this next thing we have happening in the cold open uh, is George, and that, remember, is Cece's father, Cecilia's father, um, like the INDB user synopsis says, is looking to adopt, and the Rev, because he's hella into child trafficking, knows exactly who to give away. <laughs> and finally, we have... A bunch of uh, voicemails on Simon's phone from a girl called Rose. Uh, and that's our cold open. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with Ruthie and Martin. And I guess Vincent. Yeah. Um, so the next 
like time we see Martin and Ruthie there. At, no, actually, it's Martin is at school and Vincent comes up to him and is like, "You need to, I need like a favor from you or something," but like you don't tell Ruthie. And as he's about to ask for this favor, Ruthie comes up behind them and is like, "Okay, we're still on for our date tonight because it's our first date since we were punished." Um, so I'm very excited, and Vincent is like very unexcited. <laughs> Yes, he's clearly feeling a type of way about dating Ruthie again. Um, after a couple of, like, blips in the episode in which Martin's like, Ah, I'm not, I'm not helping you. I don't want any part of this. And then, like, a very awkward date with Ruthie in which he gives her a goodnight forehead kiss instead of a goodnight kiss kiss. <laughs> Thus uh, helping my theory that Vincent is gay. Um Yes, you know me, always try to find the homoerotic subtext in all Seventh Heaven episodes. Found it here. Uh, Vincent finally spills the beans to Martin and says that he is going away to Hawaii for the summer and wants to be open to meet someone in Hawaii. And he can't do that if he's dating Ruthie, so he needs Martin to convince Ruthie to break up with him because he can't break up with Ruthie because the last time he broke up with Ruthie... She cried. And she got he got yelled at in public, and he doesn't want that again. So Martin gets convinced, and it's like, I'm doing it because I care about Ruthie, but not because I want to help you. This obviously goes in the direction that everybody predicts it's going to go in that when Martin is talking about how much... Vincent sucks, and what kind of guy Ruthie should have, he is inexplicably talking about himself. You should have someone that's more of a jock. (laughs) (laughs) Or that is more fit in with your lifestyle. Like, all things that Martin is. So Ruthie is now under the impression that Martin wants to date her, even though he's happily in a relationship with Zoe. Which is, this does not seem... The relationship with Zoe does not seem happy. Every single scene they're together, they hate each other. Yes. Um... And so Ruthie thinks that Martin wants to be with her, but Ruthie knows that her and Vincent will never break up. So, what do? And that's where we leave that storyline. Um, it's very, it's very typical television hijinks, you know. Except I feel like it's a bit too on the nose because I, you know, Martin and Ruthie is a thing that may yeah, or may not happen. Won't happen. Um, and Vincent just wants to be gay in Hawaii, so... So just let him... Just let him be gay in Hawaii. He should just tell Ruthie that he wants to be gay in Hawaii, and it'll solve all their problems. What year was this? 2004? 2005? Yeah, I think about 2004, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, it's not 2018, but it's... 2005, it was. 20 gay five. (laughs) Oh, no. Whatever, like, Queer Eye was having its first happening. (laughs) Was that in 2005? I think it was started a little bit earlier, but it was still on in 2005, I think. Alrighty. Well then, I bet you Vincent was watching Queer Eye and you just knew that he needed to get his life together. Um, so that's that storyline. And uh, we're going to move on next to, I guess... The Davis children? Yeah. So And Cecilia's parents? Which is... Whose mother just, like, they just gave her a name in this episode and they wouldn't stop using it. Um, okay, so Aaron and I made this mistake, but then we realized it pretty quickly. Um, we thought that, what's his name? Danny Davis was just a random kid that the ref had found. But it turns out that we know Danny Davis. Um, From that time when that girl that goes to college with Simon was like, all of my siblings are in foster care. But in diff- or in group homes, but in different group homes. Um, so what happens is the ref is basically, quote unquote, grifted. 
um, George Smith. In that George thinks he's adopting, or not adopting, fostering Danny Davis, but then gets introduced to the fact that Danny has three other siblings, and they also want to be living all together. Um, It's a fun series of events for everyone involved. Anywho, um, George is like, I can't take four children, or three children, but the fourth one, Christina, like, wants to come home on the weekends all the time because she is at college, but when her family has, like, a new home, she will, I don't know, whatever. So George goes back to the Rev, and he's like, you duped me, and now that you've gotten me into this, you have to help get me out of it. And they sit down with the three younger um, Davis children and try to explain that, like, George and Gwen can't take them all, and they give all of these, like, valid reasons I forget what they are. Well, it's like they're... they're I mean, it's just like when you're expecting to take in one kid, like, it's just... It's a lot more responsibility, and it's... Children are expensive, and... Yeah. And also, if you take in, and then you have to give them back, like, that's gonna be so bad. So, um... That was that, and at the end of it, after giving all of these good reasons, and, like, the children understand, and they're like, okay, we understand why you can't take us all, just take Danny and we'll come and visit him and it'll be fine. Um, and then after, at the end of this, like, what's his name? What's Cecilia's father's name? George. George is like, you know what? Forget all of that. I'm taking you all. And, uh, yeah, that's that's it. They are, even though there are many good reasons why this should be a thought-out decision, he just makes it. Without consulting Gwen. His wife, who doesn't exist. Um, now... I will say, so this is only in the first part of the um, season finale, so I wonder if something's going to go down with the storyline in the second part. Like, oh, there is something going down. <laughs> Not done yet. Um, so if we remember correctly, Mackenzie Phillips, uh, the actress, was their mother, their, like, absentee mother. She's found out now about the fostering situation and doesn't like it, so she's stepped in. So there's some sort of, like, problem with social services now, and that's where we leave it in the episode. Um, Moving on. Yeah, uh, so the stupid Lucy and Kevin saga continues about, like, I don't know. Kevin is, like, going through all these drawers looking for a shirt, and then he's like, where's all my stuff? And Lucy's like, it's in the closet. He's like, why is my stuff in the closet? And she was like, I wanted to make more room for Savannah's stuff. And then he's like, we don't have enough room. We have to move out. Um, and Lucy is still, like, reluctant to move out because she doesn't want to be written off the show or something. (laughs) Um, so Kevin's like, we need to start calling realtors. And then Lucy's like, I'll call the realtor when I'm ready. Um, and then Annie gets on them and is like, you should move out. Um, and... I don't know. That's about it. Uh, (laughs) Well, Lucy, like, why do you want us out so badly? Are we that much of an inconvenience to you? And her whole, Annie's whole thing is that she thinks that if they don't move out, that it's going to be a strain on their marriage and that they might end up separated like Mary and Carlos are. And that's her major concern because she already sees that being in such a cramped space with a newborn baby is already, like, taking its toll on Lucy and Kevin. I mean, you know, they're not going to have sex yeah. there and all the other, you know, whatever. Marriage takes work. It's a job. Um, so it does seem that Lucy's pretty reluctant. And when they finally do 
call the realtor and they get a bunch of listings, there's always something off about every single house. Like one is too big, one is too small, one is too dark, one is too has a small backyard, one has a backyard that's too big or whatever. And so it's clearly setting up something like is Lucy really looking to move or is she actually like really just picky about where she wants to move to? Like what's going to go down with that? I don't know. It'd be really fun to see an actual real like um something like at risk like something's actually at risk fight between Lucy and Kevin that will that could change things, but I don't think that's actually going to happen. I think this is going to be very easily resolved probably. Yeah. I feel like And and he's like if you don't move out soon, you're going to get divorced. So, yeah, mm-hmm. which is like I don't understand. And also they try to tie it into, well, we'll get, I don't know how this relates to, uh, there's a whole lot going on with like other, like, I don't know. Anyway, well, I guess we're going to talk about it now, but, um, so I don't know. They're like talking to realtors maybe in the second part two of the episode, they'll find a house and then we'll come back next season and they'll be moved out. Who knows? Maybe we'll never see them again. We can only hope. Um, anyway, we, then we have a storyline with Mary, but does not include Mary, of course. I missed her so much. Um, I don't even think I liked her that much. I just, I feel like I've, like, like made her up to be this thing that she fondness. isn't. Yeah. Wait, no, this absence making the heart yeah. grow fonder. Actually, well, she was, like, a normal person. She was. And now we've lost Simon to, to, you know, his re- renewed, like, his born-again virginity or whatever. So... I just want someone to be around who, like, is not, makes mistakes and stuff. Is a like, relatable character. Yeah, like, when, because, like, yeah, oh, the other characters make mistakes, but they're not, like, actual, like, they don't, the consequences are not, like, really big. Their big mistakes are, oh, no, I stayed past my curfew by a minute. Oops. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I mean, I know that hashtag relatable is, like, the thing now, but, is it, like. Is it? I mean, it is, but, like, I would rather, I don't know, I enjoyed the fact that we had somebody like Mary on the show. But basically, Mary's gone and fucked up again. Um, Womp womp. uh, So, we see, Carlos, I don't know, Matt is at the hospital, someone comes up to him and is like, uh, someone named Carlos called for you, here's the number to call him back, or like, no, wait. He told you to come by the apartment or call him back if you can't. So then we see Matt head over to what was formerly Mary and Carlos's apartment, and everything is in boxes. And Carlos is like, Mary and I have finally filed for divorce, and um, I, like, I don't know, this is just some of her stuff, so pick it up, or it's going to Goodwill if you don't get it. She, he is moving to Puerto Rico. She is currently in Chicago. She was in London training for a job in Chicago question mark uh, is she still flight attendant attending yeah. what is what is she doing i think she's still like she's climbing the ladder of being a flight attendant oh maybe like she got a different route maybe she's doing international now or something based who knows off, based off in based in chicago i don't know who um knows anyway um there's also no sign of charlie in yes. this scene so we learn that carlos has a plan to move back to puerto rico because he works for his father's firm doing what i don't know but um it he like the firm is based in puerto rico and he thinks that it would be easier to work from there and also he was only in new york for mary and her job um so matt is like oh no how is mary gonna see charlie uh or how are you gonna see charlie if you're in puerto rico you need to be there for him you need to be around and be in his life and carlos is like actually charlie is coming with me because mary has 
terminated her, her like parental rights. Uh, so Carlos has full custody of Charlie, and Mary has no interest in uh, mothering Charlie anymore. Or being a wife to Carlos. Um, so there's obviously some back and forth with Matt trying to, to break the news to the Rev and it not working out. And the second, finally he does, and we kind of get a breakdown of, like, exactly what's going on with Mary. So Mary is not answering anybody's phone calls. She's not, she's moved to Chicago. Nobody knows where she is. She has stopped being a mother and she's stopped being a wife. And these things all listed out clearly sound like something is wrong with her. <laughs> But why is nobody addressing that something is actually wrong with her? Um, and the whole thing is now, like, getting the new, breaking the news to Annie and, I guess, seeing what's going to happen because... Mary won't answer anyone's phone calls and she won't tell anyone and I don't know what the deal is. So we don't know how that's... What the second part of this season finale will bring for us on the Mary front. I mean, fingers crossed we actually see Jessica Biel, but I doubt it. Um, and... The fine, like the final thing we have going on is really what the cliffhanger is, and that's Simon and this new character Rose. Um, <laughs> oh, I should probably have looked up who Rose is. Like, oh, the actress. Well, I'll do it on the fly anyway. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, well, longtime viewers and people who have like seen the show before know that Rose is the worst person ever. She is played by Sarah Thompson. Who has been on Anything? television shows? Oh, okay. Um, nothing that really nothing looks. She was in a TV movie called Cruel Intentions, not to be confused with the actual movie Cruel Intentions. She does look like a knockoff <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller in that movie, so uh, I get it. She was on an episode of Without a Trace. Oh, okay. She's not done much then. I she feel like her face looks familiar, but was in Malibu's Most Wanted, what the where hell? she played Krista the barista. I see. Um, additionally, she's credited in something else uh, called Cruel Intentions Two, where she played a different character than she did in the TV movie Cruel Intentions. What? But Cruel Intentions Two is just listed as being a video. <laughs> A video? Okay. All right. So she really has not done... An illustrious career. She was in an episode of The Sopranos, which is probably the... Like the the the, things I recognize her from? I've never seen The Sopranos. No, she's not... like I wouldn't think that you would recognize her from it, but that's probably, like, the the only, like, legitimate thing she's done. Um, So Rose is, I guess, a new girlfriend of Simon's that is really wanting to have sex with Simon, but Simon won't have sex with her. And she... like, of course, logically thinks at first it's because he's not attracted to her, but, you know, Simon has this pact with God, and that's why he can't have sex. So we have a few scenes of them, like, going back and forth, and fighting, of her leaving, of her coming back, and instead of, like, having sex, they eat spaghetti and slow dance, and it's like, oh, this is, like, real romance. They're really in love. Because spaghetti. And she kind of, like, is very on edge and really wants to know what it is, what is so complicated and personal that is stopping Simon from sleeping with her. And finally, Simon's like, I had a crisis, I talked to God, and I made a pact with God, and I realized that I'm living my life differently than my siblings when it comes to our sex lives, and so I'm trying to be more like them. And he lists out how, like, Matt and... They all got married very young. Matt married... Sarah on the first date, Lucy and Kevin got married very young, and also Mary got married very young. But, like, Mary and Carlos's marriage is done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Matt and Sarah had a lot of problems in their marriage. And I still don't believe that everything's okay. Yeah. And finally, Lucy and Kevin are an anomaly and also living in their parents' house. And, like, sleeping in, like, a twin bed. And this kind of escalates really, really quickly. Like, it legit goes zero to 100 real quick. In that, like... She's like, oh, so they all got married really young, and you're looking for something more with a commitment. So does that mean you see us getting, like, for a long term? And Simon's like, yeah. He's like, are, so you think we're going to be getting married? And he's like, yeah. He's like, wait, are you asking me to marry? Are you asking me to marry you, Simon? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. And basically what ends up happening is there, she's like, so if we're engaged, does that mean that we does can that- have sex? And he's like, I think so. Are we getting married? And apparently, that's... And then it says to be continued. So that's what it is. They are... They went from... How many dates have they been on? Like, three? Mm, four, maybe? I don't know. She just came out of nowhere, okay. so... Um, I feel like it can't have been that many dates. I don't... I don't know. This girl doesn't seem like she was waiting a long time. <laughs> but my point is, it happened all very quickly, and they are clearly only getting married because they realize that it'll get them closer to having sex. And it's not even like Seventh Heaven tried to hide the ball on this one. Like, they at least tried to hide the ball a little bit with Matt and Sarah, where, like, they showed them, like, falling in love, and then it was just like, oh, we're having sex, and we're going to get married. But with them, it's very clear with Rose and Simon that this is getting done, like, they're getting engaged, quote-unquote, because they want to have sex. And There are other ways to do this, like not getting engaged and just having sex. Right. But, but it's it's seventh heaven and so this is a thing that's happening. I I got to under I this is this is my main question, right? Like Brenda Hampton is a human that has written the show from seasons 1 to 9 or like and like worked on producing this show for a long time. How does she plan these storylines? Like you spent all season having Simon with random girl versus after random girl after random girl, and you want us to believe that she's gonna he's gonna marry this other random girl. Why not have the last three or four episodes of the season showing us Simon dating this one girl, and then eventually, like, and then we see, oh, okay, they're gonna get married. It makes a lot more sense. I feel like this is just like somebody planning things very on the whim. How do you maintain it? You can't maintain a job like this in this economy, like. <laughs> No. Wow. Like, is, uh, you're this, really going deep here. On- I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you have all this money to produce a show. You're on the ninth season of a show. You have a, a core audience that, like, is watching, hoping to see characters being in character and hoping to see new and interesting storylines, or at least storylines that fall with, like, follow these characters. But you're not really put. It doesn't seem like they're putting much effort into anything. Like, was this the plan all along? Well, I don't know that they thought that would go like nine seasons that's true and i don't know i see like not even i don't know not even just like in terms of long-term planning but like episode to episode right that's what i mean yeah oh well okay well we're almost done i know with season nine what would you rate this episode before we get to the end um it was good. It was all right. I'll give it a. I'll give it a three point five. Um, I think I actually did enjoy this episode because it got me all riled up. Riled up, as you can see. So I will give it a five. So that's almost a wrap on season nine. If you would like to listen to our new episodes, we upload usually on Wednesdays and Saturdays uh, on SoundCloud.com, 
slash CamdenCast uh, on the Apple iTunes podcast app and on Stitcher. You can follow us on social media um, at CamdenCast Show on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. I'm Erin. I'm Tanvi. This is CamdenCast. Yeah.